Hi, everybody. This is Novel Ideas for Who's making April. noise? I'm sorry. I didn't realize you could hear that. Um, yeah. Um, it's April 26th, 2019, and we are discussing Becoming by Michelle Obama. We're taking a break from our usual fiction and doing a nonfiction book this month, and we're meeting a week later. So, um, <clears throat> how about if we start by going around and talking about what everybody thought of the book? You are using the computer audio alert. Well, it's Mary Ellen. I thought it was a beautifully read book, a beautiful book all the way around. I like Mrs. Obama very, very much. And um, I, I was a little bit surprised at how she, you know, uh, was so into the race issue. I thought, you know, she would have backed off on that a little bit, but otherwise I, it was a very, very marvelous book. And I particularly liked how she talked about her father because I was very close to my father. So I could really, really identify with her feelings on that. Linda has joined the meeting alert. Well, I'm here. I haven't read the book yet, but I just wanted to come in and see what everyone thought. This is Danielle. Hi, Danielle. It's nice to see you again. It's been a little while. Um, this is Liz. I read this book like the day after it came out. <laughs> um, I loved it. And I honestly, I'm kind of, I'm really glad that, that she talked a lot about the race issue because it was a factor in her life and um, it continues to be, you know, a major factor. And, um, my certainly my favorite part was reading about her childhood, growing up on the south side <clears throat> of Chicago, and I loved the the family trips, you know, in the station wagon. I just, you know, it was just a sweet, a sweet story, you know, um, and kind of, you know, the kind of family closeness that she had is is, you know, speaks to how she has in you know, in turn, raised her own family and then kept her mother with her in the White House to help. And yeah, it just, it was gorgeous. It was, a, it was a lovely story. I, I really enjoyed it. Well, I, it's Johnny speaking. <clears throat> Excuse me. I read it a while ago and, um, well, I really did like it, but I am not a political person. So any books about politics, I don't know. I just have never gotten into politics. I don't understand a lot of stuff that goes on. But I did enjoy uh, when she talked about her childhood. Um, and when she spoke about her children and how she really took pains to bring them up well, and how Obama spent time with them, too. That was 
all the family stuff. That's what I really liked. Politics, as I say, um, not my cup of tea. And when I was reading it, a 19-hour book seemed like I would never get through it. But I did. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And, and I guess I really did like it. This is Alan. Uh, I, I, I love the book. Uh, it, it really didn't seem political to me. Uh, it, to me, it was more of a, uh, it was a biography, I thought. I thought she did a, it's obvious the woman does not like politics. She, she only said that, you know, a couple of dozen times in the book. <laughs> I, I thought yeah. I thought she did a really good job of, of, of not showing the political side. I mean, it's hard after you've been first lady for eight years not to touch on politics a, a bit, but uh it, the book didn't feel political to me. Uh, I, I, I thought she did a really good job of, of giving the, giving her history and, uh, and which I was glad cause I, I, I didn't realize that. I mean, I, I should have known, I guess, but I didn't, I didn't realize she was from the South side of Chicago. I guess from the baddest side of town where bad, badly Lee Brown was from. But anyway, uh, she did a really good job of, of giving us her, her background and where she, where she was from. I loved her parents. They they were good people that, that that had things. They knew what was important. They raised their kids right, and 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 she and, and Obama continue to raise their kids right. It sounds like to me because uh, I'm a firm believer that the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. And uh, uh, I I just think she did a real good job, uh, you know, ex explaining everything and uh, giving us an insight to. to uh, an inside view of, of a lot that goes on when you're in that kind of position. And uh, I, I just got a lot of respect for, for both her and, and Barack. I thought they, I thought they did a great job. And man, I really, I really miss them in the white house. I got to say. Oh, but, uh, me too. Uh, yeah. But, oh, uh, yeah. But, uh, Definitely. Yeah. but uh, I, 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 the, and the book was, I mean, I, I, the book read like a novel to me. I mean, I, I yeah. it, it wasn't hard to get through at all. I just, yeah. I, mean, I, oh, I, I, I found myself so either. Yeah, I just wanted I paced to, yeah, myself because I didn't want to finish it too quickly. <laughs> That's the way I did. Yeah. 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 I like, I okay. Well, okay, but I'm I'm done. So anyway, thanks. Well, I, I have to agree with Alan. You know, Alan, you really said it the way I wanted to say it, but my brain hasn't been working too well when even when I read it. So a lot of what seemed to be too much, Marcia? just what, just my brain. It's just sort of coming back to itself yes. now. Well, it's getting so you back. all have to forgive yeah, yeah, yeah. me. Yeah, we can tell your brain's coming back. So just <laughs> you keep, keep on, keep yeah, on, keep on. You say whatever you want. Keep to on, keeping on, Joni. Yeah. Keep Thank on. You. Thank Linda. you, Linda. Yeah, I um, I really like the book. Um, I felt she did keep politics out of it pretty much. And, but when she did explain some things, you, you, okay. you understood, like, especially with the whole yeah, lunch, school lunch things. And when she explained it all, it, it made sense. Um, and she even had some humor in there, which was great. Uh, when she was trying to sneak out of the White House with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and, uh, and she read it very well. She, she, she read the book 
very well, and I, I did enjoy it. Um, you know, and the humor, the humorous stuff. Mm-hmm. I could just see them trying to get out of the White House. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. To me, it read like a novel too, and it was, it was just so interesting. And it kind of, I especially really admired her parents and her mother. Her mother just had such a great attitude and she didn't really want to go with them to the White House, but just the fact that she was there and was really such a, she kept everybody grounded. And I just, I would have loved to have had a, I would have loved to have sat down and had a conversation with Michelle and Barack. I always said that even when they were in the White House, that it would have been so neat to just have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> what I was in, what really intrigued <laughs> me was when she went to Washington after he was elected the first time and she was going to meet Mrs. Clinton, Mrs. Bush. And she, she arrived at the airport and the secret service man introduced himself and he said, you're the first lady. He said, just wait and wait and see what you get. And all of a sudden this whole, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Entourage. Entourage pulls up with, you know, the, the truck with the blood and the, the limousine carrying an extra supply of blood and all of this, like 20 car <laughs> motorcade is what I'm trying to say, mm. you know. Just for her. <laughs> yeah, that was. That was something to see. I think it's a thing that, that um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed. <laughs> is, um, you know, when you think about the south side of Chicago, you don't think about... <laughs> like this very functional, loving family. You know, you think about crime and violence and, you know, projects and stuff. And so I just, I was really, I'm glad that she kind of like defied that stereotype, you know, kind of like this is, this was not my experience at Southside Chicago. You know, there's some really, there are those things there, but there's also some really hardworking, um, yeah, really good people that that live their lives the best they can and raise their families the best they can. And um, right. I was really glad to have that picture of the South Side to measure up against everything else. All right. One of my favorite scenes in the book was when she was in second grade, and she was the teacher. They had a. a the, she and all the other kids were in the they were shoved into a room in the basement and she went home for lunch and was complaining to her mother about this teacher and her mother just you know let her talk and then she went to the school and confronted the teacher and 
Michelle was moved to another class and her mother told the teacher, well, you have no business teaching. You should be yeah. she, yeah, working in a beauty parlor or secretary or something. So let's let yeah. Marsha talk about. And Carla. Yeah, too. Marsha just came in and Carla too. Okay, Good, Marsha. Uh, well, hi, everybody. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. Oh, hi, Joni. I'm really enjoying the book. And um, as usual, the past few months, I'm not done yet, but uh, uh, it's fascinating. And you, you know, th this is the first opportunity I've ever had, well, probably many of us have ever had, to view a campaign, view her early life, view the election from <clears throat> the insider's point of view. And uh, I had made up my mind I was not going to read this book, blah, blah, blah. And then it was assigned or, or decided to, to that was, we're, that's what we're going to do. So I'm doing it, and I'm so glad I did. Good. She really was a wonderful reader, is a wonderful reader. Her voice. Wonderful. I mean, she could read more talking books, and I would be thrilled well, to it felt like she was. It felt like you were just sitting at the kitchen table, and she was telling you, you know, just yeah, talking to you. Right? Yeah, exactly. so Very natural, so personal. You know, yeah. personal. Yeah. yeah, lots of warmth. Mm -hmm. Carla, alert. Audio now unmuted. Well, um, can you all hear me? Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. We can. <clears throat> yes. I really enjoyed this book. Now, now um, I have to say, this is the most quality book we've read in a long time. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, I just, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm glad, you know, and and this isn't a book that I would have set off up to, you know, set off to read on my own. For one thing, I guess I'm a staunch um, conservative Republican, and um, I don't know, it just wouldn't have occurred to me to read this book. Um, but I'm glad I did. Uh, it gave me a lot more of gave me a, a peek inside the White House. I would be like to live inside the White House. It also gave me a much better understanding of President, former President Obama and a much more respect for him than, than I had when he was in office. Um, it wasn't that I didn't, you know, I didn't like him. I always found him to be sort of a likable person as a human being. But um, I, I I got to see him as even more human, and same with Michelle, and got to see the reasons uh, behind some of the decisions that they made. And I'm not always going to agree with them. I can't say that, but I'm. It, it really opened my mind to read this book. And um, again, I believe that she's a wonderful reader. And I wish she would read talking books. And it's always so much better when you can get a book read by its author. I, I just love that. Yeah, I do too. Carl, it's Joni Leonard. I don't know if you remember me. I remember you from... so much. And I've been thinking about getting in touch with you and saying, hey, when are we going to start with All Things Radio again? I miss it. <clears throat> well, the, the one thing that has always impressed me about the Obamas is their speech. They don't talk like they come from the hood, if you will. Um, and I'm sure, like, in the south side of Chicago, a lot of those people probably, and maybe I shouldn't <clears throat> stereotyping, but they, they, you know, hurt their speech was very, very eloquent, I thought. 
They're well educated. That has always impressed me. Yeah. Even the mother, I heard an interview many years ago with the mother, and she's just as well spoken as as Michelle. Oh, yeah. They were brought up that way. Exactly. They were, you know, they were, again, they defied what most people think of of Southside Chicago, and I'm so glad that they do. I mean, it's nice. Yeah. It's, it's, you know. know, If if it's okay, I'd like to tell why I was reluctant to read this book, if that's okay. Okay. Sure. Um, The reason why I was not going to read it is because I was so, I'm, I thought I was going to be so depressed going through what what a lot of us hoped for came to fruition when President Obama was elected. And I was afraid that I would be really depressed going through all the feelings that, that we had back in that day and and knowing now what we're enduring, what we're going through, I was afraid that it would just totally totally bummed me out but it didn't so good i'm oh, glad hey. yeah <clears throat> one of Same. the oh go ahead. Well, go ahead one of the things i really have always admired is that you never saw their kids except at public events you know a lot of other presidents if they had kids they you always heard about their kids or their grandkids and and different things that happened, but you never heard anything about the Obama girls. And I would like to know was, what they're doing now. Well, you know, it's funny, um, Randy, you should say that because that was one thing I yearned for when he was in office. I wanted to hear more about the girls and what they were doing and and just... I think I would have thought of them as a little more human if there had been a little more of that. But reading this book has shown me that they're not just, you know, I I did always expect for Michelle and Barack, but they they were superhuman. And and this book humanized them for me. Well, I always respected them for the way they raised their kids. You know, there weren't the... They kept it real. The yeah, you know, they made the kids clean their own rooms, and yeah, um, we didn't know yeah. that when they were in office. Really, I mean, we didn't know much about the kids. I didn't know how well, they- that that was the oh, whole point. They yeah. they still had they wanted to they had sleepovers and they did all mm-hmm. the things that normal kids did. You yeah. had to look to find <clears throat> stuff, but you know, yeah, I I read different things about them and they just they kept their lives normal and that was as normal as they could. I think that was Michelle's big objection to the whole White House run. She didn't want her girls to be robbed of their childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who would want their kids in a media spotlight all the time? They did a good job yeah. of pairing that down. Yeah. So, so somebody's on area code 619. Have, have you spoken? I don't know who that is. Uh, that person's muted. I think. Hi, this is Ginny. Um, okay. I just came in late. Hi. Yes, uh, I um, just I read this book about four months ago, and I really um, was really captivated by it. Um, I didn't really feel, you know, they were public personalities. I didn't see the private side of them. 
in other administrations, you know, maybe they talk, talk, talked more about the family or the parties and all that stuff. And I didn't know if they were keeping a low profile, maybe because of safety issues with the first mm-hmm. black president. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I I was really frustrated. I used to love to read about all the parties and the Clintons and all that stuff. And, yes, I agree with you. I thought I, I don't want to, you know, repeat. I agree with everything that's been said. Um, <clears throat> I just And I don't want to repeat anything. I will say I thought the book was um, showed so many facets, like somebody here said, of um, black communities or institutions we would never know about, maybe as white people. And so articulately, you know, black universities, um, you know, groups, and um, she did just such a great job of that. And I was so admired, you know, how she worked for social justice. And the underlying tone of the book is what I remember. I forget so much of the book now. It's terrible. But I want to read it again because I thought the underlying tone was so profound of becoming. It was so inspiring, you know, to think um, what can we achieve, you know, as people and how can we um, fulfill ourselves and, you know, and the ongoing process of that, you know, it it was so inspiring. So, but um, yeah, I didn't know if I was going to come to the group tonight, but I wanted to hear what you all had to say about it. It was a wonderful um, book. And again, I, I didn't, know what was I thought she did a wonderful job of reading it and I did get um, more of an insight into their administration than I had and um, she actually sacrificed a lot of time with her husband he was gone so much of the time and you know she had the independent spirit and the resourcefulness to carry on on her own and set her own agendas and so but on the other hand you didn't feel like she was someone that was, you know, amazingly intimidating. She was someone that you could be inspired by, I thought. Mm-hmm. So, you know what and, really impressed me was one of the first scenes of the book where she was in this house after he had left office and the older daughter was in New York and the younger daughter was with her friends and Barack was away and she took a piece of toast out of the toaster and went out onto the patio and sat down and said, I am here all by myself without anybody bothering me. And that really, it just, it struck a chord with me for some reason. About how, you know, really when you're the president of the United States, you're never alone. You're never left alone. Right. I need to go and mute for a minute, but I'm listening. Okay. I, you know, I, I think the, one of the things that I did and still do love about Michelle Obama is that she took her role as first lady very seriously. And she made so much, um, you know, she really worked hard to make a difference and make that time count. Um, and, I, and I really appreciated that. She was out there in public a lot and, you know, talking about health issues and talking about dietary issues. And, and she, just, yeah. she yeah. just really, really, really made that time count. And, and so did. it was, you know, so when we think about President Obama and what he did, we, we really have to think about what Michelle did too, because it was, I mean, 
a lot of good came out of her being first lady. And she wasn't you know, the gun- noxious about it. I mean, some first ladies could get yeah, yeah. so oh. haughty. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Look what I did. No, there's, there's just, she's in the, you know, the White House garden and, you know, the school. She doesn't have an arrogant bone in her body. No, she does not. (laughs) And the media really slammed her. Look, look at, you know, trying to call her, you know, calling her a racist and. Or uh, a man. Oh, yeah. I had to read. I, I don't, if any of you meet Julie Fox, my sister, don't you dare tell her I read this book. (laughs) That's how much she hates Michelle Obama, oh, and this goodness. was even even before you know he went ran for president the first time. Wow. She lived in Chicago, and she'd get on the phone, and she would just rake her up in one side and down oh, the other. Goodness. I wonder and if I she would figure it out. She the read very, the book. The very first... I really do. What? I wonder if she would still hate her if she read this book because I'm I'm she wouldn't even read the book. I mean, if she did, she I would. Wonder- t- I know, but you would. You, she would. Wouldn't even. It, she wouldn't even consider reading the book. Mm-hmm. She sounds close-minded. Yeah. You know, I have to tell you a story. That in 2004, when Barack Obama spoke at the Democratic National Convention, my husband came in late from a meeting he was at, and. He said, have you been listening? I said, oh, my God, that man has to be president. I just, I, the first time I heard him talk, I just said, this guy has got to be president. <laughs> you know, he's just got to run. I, yeah, I, I remember was, when he was elected. Uh, if my memory serves oh. me correctly, I cried. I was Oh, so, I did. I'm, yeah. I almost definitely did. And my father, my father called me on the phone, and he was crying. Now, my father is not you marcia you knew my dad (laughs) (laughs) my dad was a hard driving truck driver um very rarely did he get a sentence out of his mouth without dropping two or three f-bombs yeah and he was just (laughs) not a genteel guy but when the night barack obama got elected he called me and he was in tears and he said he said i can't believe that we did this and He's, he, the thing that got to him the most is when, when Barack said uh, to um, Malia and Sasha, you guys are going to get a puppy. That inauguration day, our trivia group, I, I don't remember. You were, <laughs> yes, I was there. With we them. all got together and, and we had a party. We brought, <clears throat> excuse me, we brought food. We brought mm-hmm. drinks. We... We celebrated Inauguration Day, January twentieth, twenty oh nine. And guess what I happened did. in the middle? Marsha on her cell phone got a call from a, demo, a move on, wasn't it, Marsha? Yeah, <laughs> doing fundraising, and it's like, excuse and me, I'm, um, <laughs> you guys are fundraising. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he you was should elected. be watching the inauguration. Yeah, why aren't you yeah. watching the inauguration? <laughs> <laughs> When he was elected, I was so excited. I was laying in bed watching it, and I was just so excited. And I stayed up till two in the morning because I had to see his speech. Oh, I and did then too. inauguration I did day. Too. Inauguration day. I wanted so bad to stay home, but I couldn't. So. I went to work and my mom, who was as excited as I was, called me and gave me 
a play-by-play mm-hmm. of everything that was happening. Oh, and cool. she put the phone, <laughs> she wow. put the phone by the TV so I could hear his speech. And <laughs> oh, that's, you know, that is great. Well, I remember I was at school, you know, it was at 12 o'clock on a Tuesday, you know, mm-hmm. And, you know, so thankfully my lunch hour coincided with it. Instead of going into the teacher's lounge, I listened in my classroom. I grabbed my lunch and I sat at my desk and turned on my radio that I have in my classroom. I can't say I shared the, you know, being a a conservative Republican, Mm -hmm. I can't say I shared your excitement. I wasn't all that I wasn't all that thrilled with Mitt Romney either. And I thought, well, I'll give him a chance. Um, but I don't know. And he started revoking, you know, I, I, I just, I guess I didn't know that he loved children. Anybody that could be pro-choice, I can't imagine how they can love children and still be for abortion, you know. And um, I, I guess that was one of the most discouraging things to me about his administration. Well, I, I, I think what you said first was more accurate that he was pro-choice. I don't think he was pro-abortion. I think yeah, was there's pro-choice. a difference between pro-choice mm-hmm. and yeah. pro-choice. It, it well, we won't get into all that. Yeah, we're not going <laughs> to okay, get into all that right now. It, but it's amazing that that wasn't even a met, even mentioned in the book. And that that amazed me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I didn't watch it because I think by the time everything was said and done, I was so sick of politics in general. I just didn't want to hear any more. Well, when I um. When we were we were in England a month before the election, and we were just getting ready to leave London to go down to Cornwall, and the doorman of the hotel came over to the taxi we had just gotten into, and he signaled for the driver to roll down the window, and he said, you people are going to have the most important election you have ever had in a month and he said, I beg you, please, please, whatever you do, vote for Obama. Oh, wow. And yeah. my sister oh. just kind of rolled her eyes and went, how could you? She said, never mind. She said, I know she will, pointing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. <clears throat> <laughs> but I personally didn't like anybody in that election at all nobody so (laughs) on either side huh nope on either side i just well i i was very pleased and uh and then again in 2012 i was pleased again oh my god yeah yeah. i have to laugh because i i think what really got i was not going to vote in the 2008 election and I read Faith of Our Fathers by Barack Obama. And I, mm. my polling place is like <laughs> half a block away from me. And I put that book down and I grabbed Saturn. Or no, I, I didn't have a dog then. And I grabbed my cane and I ran down to that polling place mm. so fast. It wasn't funny. And so <laughs> uh, my sister called me. She was living in Chicago. And she said, who did you vote for? And I said, uh, I voted for 
Katie and Trey, and I named all my nieces and nephews. And I said, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I voted, but I really wasn't happy about voting. Because there was just no one that I was really impressed with. No one. And I, and I had heard that so much from so many people that, that they didn't like any of them. And it was the first election I had ever seen where no one was liked. Uh, that was me last time. Me too. I didn't like me last time too. It was awful. But I wasn't going to vote for you know who, so I voted for her. <laughs> I, yeah. wanted to, I wanted to develop a little soft nose clip with a little American flag that says I voted on it so you could, you know, walk out of the toilet with the nose clip on. I, I voted, but it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I had, right. I, 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 I was on Sarah yeah, Tech actually, at the time and I, I, was on this thing called Talking Trash, and on and the last election, I, 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 my subject line was I voted for the orange button because the, the select button on the voting machine, accessible voting machine, was the orange button. So I said I voted for the orange button. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, actually, it was the last election. You know that, no one really liked anybody. <laughs> Yeah, you're talking. You're, you mean 2016, I, right? I think, yeah. yeah, I think the thing for me was just I uh, in 2008, I just really felt like a, a part of history in a way that I'd never felt before. Oh yes, and oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we, definitely. Yeah, and we I kept switched. thinking, oh, I wish Martin Luther King had lived to see this. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we stood in line at our voting polls for. I would say at least a good hour, hour and a half. And right behind me was an African-American lady. And she just had tears streaming down her face the whole time, which of course made all of us cry too. I mean, it was just, it was just a celebration. And I, yeah. I am so glad that I lived in that moment in that time. Cause I just, I'll never yeah. forget it. At least, well, I yeah. hope to God I don't ever forget it. Yeah. yeah. It, was just, it was, it was just so moving. And well, I, even when I see, have seen the film of when he came out, you know, into Grant Park in 2009, mm -hmm. when he stood up in Grant Park and, and started to speak, I cry when I see that now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thomas, did you have anything uh, you want to say? This, um, I don't have anything at this point, but... Okay. But yeah, but yeah, I think I'm going to mute myself now since I'm about to listen to something. Okay. 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 <coughs> I guess everybody's had yeah, a what to was expect that they the read the book then. What, what was that, Alan? So I, everybody's, I had a chance to speak. everybody's had a chance that's actually read the book. I know Danielle said she hadn't read, read, read it, I think. I think so, yeah. The, the one thing, I thought it was so cute when um, the one, I think it was Malia kept saying, so... Is Daddy president now? Yeah. Is he president <laughs> now? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> that was so cute. 
I was amused by the um, at near the end when um, <laughs> Michelle and Malia were trying to get outside and couldn't open. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, like, yeah. that was funny. It was so I don't know, <clears throat> that amused me so much. And I could just picture them trying to get out. Yeah, and I loved her descriptions. Her descriptions just—you felt like you were there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would love to know what the girls are doing now. That that's really well, you know it's hard well, to believe, but I was I was thinking that Malaya yeah, is gonna be like twenty one in July. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah Malia yeah. Malia is at oh Harvard god. and I, I can't remember where Sasha's going. I think Sasha's actually going to a school here in Michigan. I think she's gonna Really? I think I heard she's going to Michigan. Wow. Well I don't remember. Funny. Well, I, I, like, I, I like that I scene mean, I where that scene where uh, speaking of the, of the girls, where I think Malia was on the was playing tennis, and one of the mothers out cornered and said something, and she looked at her and said, "You do realize I'm a child, right?" Or something. I thought that was. A, <laughs> it sounds like she, right. she doesn't. Yeah. She didn't. She didn't fall too far from the Michelle. Right. She, she, I could hear Michelle saying something like that too. Yeah. Good, but uh, mm -hmm. I, th I, I thought that was. Uh, Thought that was a good thing. That like was great. How Michelle mentored the, you know, the um, the kids. You know how she mentored not only her kids, but how she went to schools and went and spoke yeah. to <clears throat> was with that mother, yeah. with her daughter, and you know how she, you know, she was a real, real feeling human being, and and so was he. I mean, I I have to say, I'm glad I read this book. I, you know, I feel um, I feel like they're more human to me. Now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? When he was, when those little kitties in Newtown, Connecticut got killed, mm -hmm. he was on television. Oh, he was yeah. Crying. He was in tears. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. He came here several times. Mm -hmm. What? They, the Obamas they came, came here several times to Pittsburgh. And they used to eat at Pamela's. Which was it's like a diner. I've I don't I've maybe been there once, but yeah, they they liked going there. They're known for their pancakes. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. So I if you like ever I, come I've to Pittsburgh and and you want good pancakes, we'll just have to make sure we take you to Pamela's. That's all. That's right. I feel I've got a special connection with the Obamas after reading this book because where they met, I think this was before maybe before they got married or maybe right after they got married, they were meeting every Friday night. This is that right after he got elected to the, to the state house and uh, mm -hmm. they would come back and meet every Friday night at a restaurant called Zinfandel. And that's my favorite kind of wine is a white. I really felt connected. And I was, I was kind of thinking they didn't mention having any wine with their pot roast mashed potatoes and Brussels sprouts. So I don't no, know. No, they didn't. They didn't. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, that was the name of the place. Though, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's really cool. Well, I just, this is Jenny again. I just wanted to add, um, Michelle, oh, it's interesting. She was such um, a champion for women, you know? Um, yes. And, yeah, in, she was. And I mean, in, in a way that um, was not, you know, abrasive or, and, you know, 
it just seemed like she touched so many lives. And her, it's interesting because um, I don't know if she, you know, she seemed to embody all the, you know, what the women's movement really hoped for. And um, it, she, it was just um, very strong, very strong. I felt that. Um, <laughs> they had a great mom and grandmom, you know, so. Yeah. Just want to remind everybody. What a, what, a, it's, it's what a wonderful family she has. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, her bro, she and her brother are so close, and her mom and dad oh. were were just, you know, just just fantastic people. And uh, and I, I, I think I was, uh, I shed a few tears when she was talking about when her dad was, you know, the last day oh, of his life, yeah. and she was sitting mm-hmm. by his, uh, his bed, and, and he was, she was holding his hand, and he raised her hand and, and kept kissing her hand mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. like saying goodbye and, and I love you with all, you know, I love you. And it was just, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh man. It was just, yeah. Beautiful. And so sad. It was, I, I was, I teared up then too. And it was interesting how her mother she she didn't she kept a low profile you know she was there and <clears throat> for all of them and when she was in they were in the white house she wouldn't a lot of times she didn't join them for dinner she would just let them have their family time and you know there were clear boundaries and mm-hmm. it was just so impressive that whole family well, I used to get, I liked it when she refused Secret Service protection and she'd go wander around Washington and somebody, <laughs> yeah. like, you'd look like Michelle Obama's mother and she'd say, yeah, really? people say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was great. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, what I particularly loved about her was Michelle had some choice to make and I can't remember what it was and she said I can oh she wanted didn't know whether to stay being a lawyer or do the social justice thing and she said I I don't know what to do and the mother said well if I were you I'd make the money and then apply for the job yeah yeah I like that too. I think one of the things that that makes her kind of a post-feminist or contemporary role model so much is she had to balance so many things, you know, and she, um, you know, she had to make choices. She was very much, you know, an ambitious career woman. And yet, you know, she had to say, okay, what energy do I put in my career? Um, you know, my family, my community responsibilities. And it was interesting seeing her think through those things, you know, and um, her friendships with her her girlfriends. It was really interesting how that was a really big, important part of her support system were, were her women friends. And, um, and then, you know, the balance um, with her marriage and her family. It, it's just interesting choices she had to make. And, and so speaking of her friends, um, 
uh, Valerie Jarrett has just come out with a book. Oh, about you know uh, her experiences with with the Obamas. Well, her life. It's a memoir, mm-hmm. and uh, I th- I think I might try to get a hold of that and read that one next or mm-hmm. down the road a piece. Do you know? Yeah. What, do you know the title? Mm, I should, but I I'm sorry, Randy, but I I don't. I forgot it. I didn't Isn't know she come out. With- yeah, it's out now. It came out uh, either last week or two weeks ago. I'll have to look oh. for it. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go too. see if it's on Bard. Maybe. Probably not on Bard yet. Bard Probably not. Uh, might Bard be on Audible. I got suspended from Bard. <laughs> oh? You did? Oh, how how does that even happen? Suspended from Bard. Uh, I logged in too many times. Huh? What? I would. It wouldn't take my password, so I kept logging in. Oh, then, you got locked out. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought. Yeah. Oh, shoot! I thought. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when you said you well, got suspended, I thought it was a punitive thing. It, you yeah, just, me too. You just got locked out. No, just no, want, you just got to change your password or something. Yeah. Well, I'm I not about to change my password. I thought there's no remember me checkbox. Uh, call the library; they'll call get you back library. in. They exactly. will. They yeah, your local phone. library, or you know, whoever you <clears throat> your your main the library you deal with. Yeah, they'll they'll get you back in. <clears throat> they will. All right, NLS download at loc dot gov, and they'll help you. What are we reading next, Mark? Well, we have two choices. For next month, Carla and I want to put this up to a vote. Carla would like us to do the Hunchback of Notre Dame. So, Carla, do you want to talk about that one, and then I'll tell you the second choice. Alert! Audio now unmuted. Okay, um, the Hunchback of Notre Dame is a classic. I read it in French, believe it or not, as a French major. It's um. It is. Um, I thought it would be a neat thing to read because it's by it's by Nicker, by Victor Hugo, and it was published. You know, with all the stuff that's going on with with um, the fire at Notre Dame, it would be really timely. It okay. I'll, um, I'll give you the information about it. It's by Victor Hugo, and it was published in 1831. It's read by Robert Blumenfeld, and it's 18 hours and 48 minutes. And the Bard annotation says that this historical romance set in eight, in 1482 concerns Quasimodo, the hunchback bell ringer of um, the Paris um, Cathedral of Notre Dame and his love for the um, the gypsy girl Esmeralda. And there have been movies uh, several movies made about the Hunchback of, <coughs> and uh, yeah, this uh, Hugo wrote it because, and it's sort of ironic. Um, Notre Dame was under disrepair even back when he wrote it in 1831, and he wrote it to make the the Paris, uh, the Parisian public, the French public, aware of the need of Notre Dame, and actually. A lot of literary artists or, or scholars think that the hunchback was um, the um, a symbol of, of Notre Dame itself and the fact that it needed repairs and um, it was in disrepair. But it's a very fascinating read. It took place during the times of Louis the Seventh in 
1482 France, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I just saw the Disney movie from the 90s, and it's awesome. I saw, okay, I the, I saw the original movie uh, of it. Mm-hmm. The second choice could be, couldn't be more far, couldn't be further from that one, but it's The Silent Sister. It's DB79861 by Diane Chamberlain. It's 11 hours. It's on board. It's read by Mayor Trevathan. And it's a, it's a family story about a girl who, well, a woman, she goes back to take care of her father's estate after he dies. And <clears throat> her brother is a veteran and dealing with PTSD and all sorts of things. And he's kind of the town pariah. And... There's an older sister who she believes committed murder, and you don't see the murder or anything. You, it's referred to, but it's not, you don't see it. Right. And it takes place years afterward. And as she is going through her father's effects, she finds things that make her start wondering about her family and what really happened. And it's, it's classified as a mystery, but, and I guess in a way it is, but it's really, this is a family that gives dysfunction a whole new meaning. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very good book. I'd like us to discuss it sometime, maybe, you know, if not, if not next month, but at some point in the future, because it's really good. I'm in favor of discussing it next month. Well, I wanted to put it to a vote and see what everybody wanted to do. Are we always going to read mysteries and murders? I'm just curious. For me, I like the hunchback. I vote for the hunchback, but it better be in English. Oh, I was, was going to have us. No, just kidding. I was going to make you read it in French. I'm just it is an it is an English There wouldn't be much of a discussion. So, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Quasimodo, of course, the main character. It, he right. He reads it very well, Robert Blumenfeld. Yeah. <clears throat> no, but we can, I mean, we can do that. Like, like Liz says, we can do what's it called? The second sister, the silent, silent sister. sister. Yeah, silent we can sister. do that one in June. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the thought one. of another uh, another book with a family that brings uh, dysfunctional to a whole new meaning. I'm not sure that sounds all that all that entertaining, but but whatever. Uh, oh, it's fun. It is. It's like a good it. book. <laughs> it's it's, I wish yeah. we could get. To, I wish we could get to some lighter fare at some point, but I, I guess. I don't know. You know, it's. I like this. What we just did too. I mean, it's well, too bad we're not. Uh, yeah, this one was like the Hunchback <clears throat> is, is light reading. It's not really light reading, but it's. But I mean, I at some point it's I'm not, not light reading. No, it's, it's not. But, but in light of what's happened, 
Pardon yeah, I, I agree with you, Carla. I think that in light of what's happened, I think it would be really good to, you know, read it and kind of get a sense for those. Um, yeah. yeah and, it's, you know. and it's written by the guys that Victor Reader Strange named after. So, yeah. So, oh, well, yeah, yeah right. really. Yeah. <laughs> 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 also, the stream ought to read it very well. Yes, <laughs> he he does. Robert Blumenfeld does an excellent job reading it. I started reading it, and it's not a light read. I have it, and I just no. haven't so, it. But yeah, yeah, it's up well, to well, every. I, it's up to you guys. Whatever you want to read is fine with me. I, well, like I cast. I, I, ca I cast my vote. So yeah. Yeah, I, I like I like to read classic classics I've never read before. I think it's it's good for you to, to, to okay. read those. Okay, I'm going to go for the Hunchback, and if we don't read, I'm not going to act like a spoiled brat, but I'm liable to depart from the group to read it myself oh. because I want to this time. You know what I mean? And well, reading. you know, yeah. I read reading. things. I read things besides what you know. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh yeah. So do I. I do too, but my reading time is not is very limited because I work and I usually read oh. when I'm doing my exercise. <clears throat> You know what I mean? Yeah, I I have this one. I have both of them actually. I've well, started have... reading The Hunchback, and I've got a bunch of other ones going too. Oh yeah. I have the Silent Sister downloaded okay. already. So. I, Ellen, I just wanted to tell you, I finished reading the first Harry Potter novel. That was fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> You've you never, never read Harry Potter? Read oh my Harry God. God. No, I never ever wow. read Harry Potter. Liz, Lindsay, I don't know what I, to say. I, you know what? I've never read, read Harry Potter either. Oh, wow. It was wow. Oh, oh, man, I thought I was late to the party. Get over to the, yeah. your computer right now and download the Jim Dale narrated versions of Harry he Potter. He is the oh, best yeah. reader. Yeah, definitely. It's I'm telling very you, good. They just get yeah. better. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> I'll, I'll, the story gets oh, better. It's a it's it one does. of the best written things oh, ever. I mean, it, it, the stories are yep. great. She yeah. ties it all up nice and neat by the by the end of the seventh book. Yep, yep. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good story. It's a great story with good characters. It's just it's, yeah. It's, it's, it I'm in the minority, but you know what? I started to read Harry Potter, and after the first ten fifteen pages, I was like. Oh I don't my know what the buzz is here. It just you never sent me. Carla, it doesn't have sex. doesn't have any sex in it. You need to get to it, Carla. Go no back sex, no violence. So. Yeah, I guess yeah. it just didn't get me, you know. Go try again. They, oh, they just I get love, right. especially good, with Jim yeah. Dale. They get well, you know what, Jim Dale. Yeah. That is they a get, <clears> classic. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I think I think we're, we're gonna, gonna do it. What are we gonna do? What are we? Okay, we're doing. We're doing. Are we? Are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, we're doing the are hunchback. hunchback? Mm-hmm. All right, and we've got hunchback. June's book it is already figured out because we'll be yeah, it's gonna be the silent sister. sister. Right. So we're skipping July because of convention. Yeah. Okay. So, so we'll be back what's, in August. Um, what's the DB on the silent sister again? Seven nine eight six one. But Carly, you don't want to read that, so you don't need to know the DB number. <laughs> no, I, I said if we, read it, if we read it this time, I was going to skip out because I want to read the Hunchback oh, okay. now. I can't. Well, wait. no, we'll do the Hunchback. <clears throat> well, I I think I'm gonna be skipping so one out more time week. with the DB six nine. I, I seven nine eight six seven one. nine eight six one. Do, we, do you do realize the, that? Go ahead. Go ahead. I would say this is okay. This year we have read 
A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, Great Expectations, and now The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm classic out after this. No, I'm just kidding. Me too. <laughs> just yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Me too. Great I don't want to read any more classics. Great Expectations. Don't you want to read any more murders yeah. and mysteries? Oh, and I just couldn't read Great Expectations. Mm-mm. Couldn't read that. Oh. Oh. Yeah, well... <laughs> I tried. I still it, have it, it on. I still have it on the on the stream, but I haven't quite decided if I'm going to finish. I it. haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, haven't I did. read that book. Since I don't. I don't think I am. I haven't I read pe- that book yeah. since high school. I hate it. And if I remember yeah. right, uh, Alan Haynes read it when I when yeah. I read oh, I read well, it. I picked it. I picked it. He it didn't meet my expectations. So I was just <laughs> he made it. He made it more bearable. Let's put that. that but way. that's got to be a first, Alan, because you're the one that that that. Uh, Shows great expectations, and you're you're the first uh, host that I've ever known of who chose the book and didn't like it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I had never read it, so you know, I, I thought well, yeah, you know, I, I like most of it. I've, I've liked the Dickens, Dickens okay, so that we can actually end the recording. Carla, can you give the DB number for Hunchback? Yes, and if you want me to lead the discussion, I will. Um, yeah. Definitely. In English. In English. In English. Yeah. <laughs> English. <laughs> okay. Talk in French. You'll, you'll be talking to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. I will say it's much richer in French than it is in English. But anyhow, sure. okay. the track of Notre Dame is DB28784 by Victor Hugo. And it is um, read by Robert Blumenfeld, and it's 18 hours and 48 minutes. We better get started on it then. All right. I, I yeah, because we, we only have, since we were later this month, it'll oh, be yeah. a yeah. week less. Yeah. So three weeks. Yeah. Oh, three weeks. Yeah. 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 And, and I have yeah. a feeling this isn't one of those page turners where once you start reading it, you're willing to. No. No, <laughs> I've already started it. Yes. So. Yeah. yeah, I have a... Yeah. Okay, I'll give it 10 seconds and then we can carry on with the rest of our conversations. Okay, recording's over.